Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. It's mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. My name is Tim Robertson. I'm the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thanks for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can start at as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash Observer's Notebook. And if you'd like to join the Alpo, membership begins at only $18 a year. Find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And yes, this podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear on the podcast and do not want to miss another episode, please subscribe. And now, episode 141, and we're going to talk about the upcoming... Lunar Eclipse. Enjoy! I'd like to welcome everybody back to this special edition of the Observer's Notebook. We're talking eclipses, and that just means we bring on our eclipse expert in the Alpo, Keith Spring. Welcome back to the podcast, Keith. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me again. Sure. Now, this is, we are recording this about two years prior to a major uh, astronomical event, a, uh, a total solar eclipse uh, in 2024. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But today we are discussing a total lunar eclipse coming up uh, this month. Uh, yes. Um... On uh, May 16th, we have a very nice total lunar eclipse. It goes over all of North America and South America. It's also visible in uh, Western Europe. Um, it looks like it's going to be a great one, as long as the weather's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts at uh, 9.32 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, and it ends at uh, 6.32 or uh, my apologies, I was reading uh, Pacific there. It starts at 6.32 Pacific time. Okay. That's and good also, for me. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. It uh, then ends at uh, 2.50 a.m. Eastern time, and it ends at 11.50 uh, p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And for, um, for you, Tim, uh, that's on the 15th instead of the 16th. It's uh, before midnight. Got it. <laughs> Uh, yes. 
the uh, umbral magnitude of this one is um, 1.41. So it should be moderately dark and uh, it should provide a very nice viewing experience. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, so it's 100% eclipse. You don't need yes. any special glasses or anything like that to observe right. a lunar eclipse. You just have to be able to see the moon at night. That's it, right? Right, right. Anywhere it's clear, anywhere you can see the moon. And um, duration of totality is an hour, 24 minutes, 53 seconds. That so seems like a long time. It's it's a good amount of time. You should be able to get lots of pictures, lots of observations. More importantly, get out and observe it and enjoy it. Yeah, looking at the chart, this one, uh, as opposed to the last uh, lunar eclipse we had where it just skimmed the Umbria, this one's pretty well entrenched, almost to the center line. Right, right. It's it's moderately deep into the uh, Earth's Umbra. Um, it should be pretty dark. We should see some very decent shading on this one. Um, okay. not, not as nice as... Uh, they almost eclipse, but it'll be pretty. <laughs> yeah. It'll be pretty good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I was clouded out for the almost eclipse. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was out there the whole time from start to finish, and yeah, um, it was overcast the whole time. Oh no, no! But I learned something from that. I learned something very interesting. What'd you learn? The sky looks really, really interesting during a total lunar eclipse when it's overcast. It gets very red, then very dark, almost black, and then it goes back to red, back again. It's really interesting. Interesting. I had never thought of that. I, I, I usually just walk right back in the house. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping for a hole in the clouds. I got a few holes in the clouds, but my finger wasn't quick enough on the camera. Uh, so, uh, but I did get to see it. That's good. That's good. So what type of observations are you looking for from observers for this eclipse? Well, as always, pictures. Pictures are great. Um, written reports about what you think about it. In my case, I was clouded out and I learned something new from that. Mm -hmm. So if you're clouded out, there's no reason to give up. You know, it's, you can always learn something about that and uh, write a report on it. Think, uh, write what you think. Um, you can write the Dangent scale if you want to do that. Um, if you want to do greater timings, I except those also and the dan jones scale for our new listeners can you briefly explain what that is <laughs> yes the uh, dan jones scale is uh simply the um the brightness and color of the eclipse zero is uh, very dark uh, the moon's almost invisible this is mostly at the uh, mid totality one would be um, a dark eclipse a gray or brown in color um it's pretty dark and the details are hard to point out. Um, two would be uh, deep red, rust colored. Um, three would be a, a bright red eclipse. And uh, four would be even brighter um, where it's near the edge. Okay. So Now, uh, does the eclipse section have observing forms where people can fill out and submit their observations? Uh, we did in the past. Um, I Since the Alpo website uh, got updated, I don't believe those links were transferred over. Okay. I, I do need to get with the um, online section and talk about updating the uh, website. Yeah, we're, uh, we're updating the entire website right yes. now. Yes. Well, major, major undertaking. Yes, yes. Get it out of the 1980s. Oh. <laughs> and bring it up well, to... it's, it's not that bad. 
<laughs> mid 2000s <laughs> okay okay that's true it doesn't link anything that to my, to my myspace account <laughs> <laughs> it's it's functional it works you know that's true it is functional but we want to make it more better <laughs> yes yes so okay uh, the Danjon scale is something you'd like to receive observations on. And you also mentioned sky conditions. Those are very important. Yes. Because yes. that can affect the Danjon scale as well. Definitely. And I really like weather reports. I know astronomy isn't you know, meteorology, but it's a really important part in observing. And I, I didn't realize that until when I, you know, I was out there for hours and hours staring mm-hmm. at a cloudy sky and I saw effects with the moon that I I'd never seen before because I'd never been out with a pretty much total lunar eclipse in overcast weather before. That's fascinating. I had never thought of that. Yeah. It's, it's really neat to see the, it's not just the sky where the moon was. It was the entire sky turned to a very pale pink. It was very interesting. Huh. It's very oh, interesting. Oh, hope for clouds. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's it is it is definitely still better to see the eclipse. Yeah, I I completely the total lunar <laughs> eclipses are amazing. And I just because I love that anybody can see them. And this one, I out here on the west coast, it takes place in the early evening. I mean, right after. Right. I think at sunset it's starting. Yes. Yes. So it's, it is. It's, no, it's going to be pretty nice, and really not that late at night on the east coast either. So. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be really great. I hope everybody gets out there and takes some the, photos. And along with the photos, what other type of information would you like? Uh, write about what equipment you're using. Uh, okay. That's also very important. Um, write uh, generally where you are, locations, um, a good data point. Um, write what settings you're using, like uh, what ISO you're using on a camera, the camera sensitivity, um, lens type, so on. Okay. All right. What what advice would you give somebody that's going out to photograph uh, a total lunar eclipse for the very first time? Well, that depends. The um, the most important thing I would say is just being able to see it. Um, if if you're not confident about photography, um, don't worry about it. Just look with your eyes. Use your mind as the camera. Mm-hmm. Write down what you think about it. Um, if you have a smartphone or something like that, then try to take pictures of it. Um, I haven't had too much luck with smartphones, um, taking pictures of the moon or (sighs) bright objects is all right. But um, lunar eclipses, it it just doesn't seem to work. Uh, Anything with a telephoto lens works very well though. That's that's true because you don't need high magnification. You just want to get the color of the moon and right. and as it's being eclipsed there there's there's no detail to be seen on the granted it, it's a full moon so you don't see any yes. detail anyway on the moon right. really uh so so taking full disc images with a telephoto lens seems like yes. a really easy way to do it yes and for exposures and things like that what do you recommend well every eclipse is different and i found that i can't you can't keep the uh, sensitivity or the exposure the same the whole time. Right. Um, I try to keep the um, sensitivity, the ISO as low as possible to keep that detail. Okay. But there comes a point when you just have to turn up the ISO, it gets too dark. Mm-hmm. If you have a really big lens, you might not need to do that. But I have a, I have a budget lens. 
I have a budget DSLR camera. I got a secondhand uh, Canon EOS 80D mm-hmm. and a um, 55 to 250 uh, telephoto lens. And it's been working great for the moon. It's, it's a perfect thing for lunar observing. I used it on the uh, total solar eclipse of 2017 and it turned out great. I got a lot of great pictures. And an advantage you have with a total lunar eclipse there's no time limit. You're not rushing right. to get your photographs right. in, in a minute and a half or four no, minutes. You've got, got an hour and hour. a half of totality yeah. with this. Yeah. So you can bracket exposures. You can try different things. You yes. can swap out lenses. You can do. Yes. And I mean, the a nice thing about photography today is you're not limited to the number of exposures you can take. Right. You know, digital images you can take. 300 photographs in a minute if you wanted to. 300. I took 870 when I was at the uh, uh, 2017 eclipse. I had the, um, I just had the button held down the whole time and yeah. on uh, the repeat photo. Yeah. And, that, and that, that 870, that was in the the totality period or most of it. Right. So I have hundreds of photos that I have not mm-hmm. gone through. I'm mm-hmm. still going through. I hear you. I hear you. But with with the lunar eclipse, exposure time is important because oh yes, it is. The moon's dark. Yes. So you might take some images, and if it's, I've seen eclipses where the moon looks like a black hole in space, mm-hmm. where there's no detail. You look up and you see a black dot. That's all you see. You know, that's yes. when they're really near the center line. And this yes. is this is about I would say a third of the way into the umbra of the Earth's shadow. So it's it's. It's not going down the center. It should be a really nice ruby red, probably eclipse. Mm-hmm. But that predictions could go out the window since eclipse starts. <laughs> yeah. When I photograph these eclipses, I kind of, I just, um, I, I test a range of exposures. And mm-hmm. I, I set it on all kinds of things. And I just test a range of exposures, look through the images, see which ones are the best. And I just, on the spot, um, adjust for what, what looks best. And that's the um, advantage you have with a total lunar eclipse. You have right. time. You have to time. review the images you just took and say, "Oh, uh, I've got to increase my focal length. I got to right. decrease the the image or the ISO or things like that." That's right. very true. And another thing that's helpful is a tripod. Not really for setting a photo and then letting it go, but just using it as stabilization. Mm-hmm. And if you have image stabilization on a camera lens, that goes a long way. That goes a long way to keeping the uh, image nice. It's true. You don't need a telescope. So, you just need right. a, a camera on a sturdy tripod with and, a telephoto lens, basically. And that's that's an easy way to photograph a total lunar eclipse. And that's an important story. The night before the 2017 eclipse, I still had not made up my mind on how I was going to take pictures of it. Oh, my goodness. I did not make up my mind. I had a four-inch refractor, and I had my camera. And I was weighing the pros and cons. If I use the refractor, I have to be very careful about aiming. I have mm-hmm. to be very careful about keeping it still. Um, I didn't have a polar mount, a tracking mount with me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was going to have to uh, really try to stay on target with it. It was a lot more magnification. So I wasn't able to get the as large of a frame. So there's more, more of a chance of missing the moon right. with a picture. And then I had the camera, which was just simple, easy, and yeah. quick. I made the uh, decision, may as well take the safe bet. 
use the camera and it worked out great. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I had a tele, I had a telescope set up with the solar filter. I had my my SLR camera with a 300 millimeter lens and I had a GoPro. And I started the GoPro like five minutes before. Tot- and that's, I go back to that all the time, just watching the GoPro hit totality. And, you know, it's, that was, that's, that's pretty cool because it's a whole sky type of view too. But I got my best images of the eclipse through my 300 millimeter lens on my, on my tripod. Yes. Yes. And I am thinking about upgrading my, uh, my camera lens, but I don't know, 250s worked pretty well for me, 250 yeah. millimeter. And for the moon, really, it's not. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Those Canon lenses get so expensive. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they get like, expensive. All quickly. lenses get expensive nowadays. Ever. Yeah. yeah. You tried to buy a telescope lately? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've had one on order for my grandkids since November, and it's still on back order. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like that. Grandpa sent you a telescope. You'll be getting it soon. <laughs> it's probably off the coast somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Truck, uh, boat. Yeah. Anyway, so anything else you'd like to talk about this eclipse? Ah, oh, well. Hmm. Well, it's looking to be a very nice eclipse. Um, don't make the mistake of going out there on the 16th if you're on the uh, <laughs> West Coast. True. Um, I did that. I almost did that once, oh. uh, picking the wrong day. Winter eclipses are tough because they always happen at midnight. It's someplace on Earth. Right. And uh, depending on where that is, that can either be today or tomorrow. And if you look at a uh, an eclipse prediction chart and it says May 16th, you'll think, oh, great, that's on the 16th. Um, when it says May 16th, it generally means Greenwich Mean Time mm-hmm. or, or UTC. So don't miss it. Don't go out a day early or a day late. Yep. Just know <laughs> when the full moon it. is and you'll be fine. Yes. Know <laughs> when the full moon is. Be ready for it. Yeah. And uh, most of all, make sure you see it. That's true. Good point. Yes. Good point. Now, after this eclipse this year, do we have others coming up? We do. And um, if you'll have me back, I would like to do a podcast on the other two for this year. Yes, we will definitely have you back. We have a partial solar eclipse on October 25th and a, another total lunar eclipse on November 8th. Oh. The, uh, and both one those the- are visible in the United States? Uh, the partial solar eclipse is visible in Europe. Okay. Uh, pretty much all of Europe, um, Middle East, over, uh, not quite over to India, but pretty much all of Europe, the partial solar eclipse is visible. So it's a 0.86 magnitude, so it's it should be a pretty good one. And uh, looking forward to seeing what the uh, observers can get w- with that. The... Uh, Lunar eclipse on November 8th. This is another one that goes over um, all of North America, and it's pretty close to a mirrored copy of the one we're getting on May 16th. It's uh, completely visible on the West Coast and mostly visible on the East Coast. Great. So, yeah, looking forward to those as well. Okay. So, let's jump ahead a couple years. We are actually recording this on April 8th. 2022 it's going to be released obviously a few weeks later uh when we're closer to the lunar eclipse but we're exactly two years to the day of the 2024 total solar eclipse um any advice you have for people that want to observe that eclipse right now well location is probably the most important first step Mm -hmm. you have to choose a good location find somewhere that 
we'll have good weather on that day. And uh, guessing the weather, you know, a few years out is pretty much impossible. But just find a place that has just you have to have historically good weather, but you also have to be lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, the place I went for the 2017 eclipse was a bit iffy, but it was just a gut feel. I went to uh, Teleco Plains in Tennessee. Okay, nice place. I went there because it was a nice rural area, pretty dark, um, not many people, and uh, I got lucky. Uh, the clouds stayed away from me. I saw them on the horizon, but they stayed away, and I was able to see the eclipse. So that's the most important thing of total solar eclipses or any solar eclipse. Right. Just try to find good weather. Yeah, that's easier said than done, especially mm-hmm. when the uh, rooms book up a year in advance or, or longer or more. Yeah. So or what more. is the path? It begins in Texas. Well, it begins down in well, uh, actually South America. Yeah. Oh, down in Mexico, up yeah. through Mexico, up through Texas, up through the United States and Arkansas, India, in Indiana, Ohio, um, up through New York state, top of Maine. And, uh, off into the water yeah up near montreal i think it goes to yeah that, that direction and this is uh, yes this is about a little over twice as long as it actually goes it actually goes over montreal which yeah it's it's pretty nice i don't know if i want to be in montreal in april though that's right it's, <laughs> it's, it's cold up there <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so and and the the the, uh, the length of totality is over four minutes right it is. It's pretty long. It's pretty long for this one. Um, this, uh, I'm trying to look through my papers here look for the uh, okay. Timeline. Well, we will. Well, I just yeah, wanted to go. discuss it because people need to think yeah. now about where they're going to go. You know, um, look at a chart. Look at where it's going to go. I've already booked my plans for the twenty four. Uh, uh, total solar eclipse. I'm going to be. I'm going to be in Fredericksburg, Texas, at a campsite, yes. and I've actually booked the campsite for like five days, because in this 2017 eclipse, I, I I waited a year before the eclipse to book it, and I booked what what was I went to Madras, Oregon, and there was a guy who had a farm, and he plowed up his farm, turned it into a dirt lot, and parked five thousand cars on this dirt lot. And charges two hundred and fifty dollars each to park our cars. Oof, he had that's... four. He had four porta potties. Oh man! So there were issues, um, <laughs> and there wasn't anybody to come in and empty the porta potties. So, and it was only open for the day. So there was yeah. a line of cars getting in, you know. And we got there the night before. We slept in our cars. They didn't allow RVs in this site. It was all car yeah. camping. No tents. So everybody had to sleep in their cars. It was. Yes. It was chaotic. Yes. And and my plan was, okay, we'll observe the clips there. And then when the clips is over, we'll drive easy, 100 miles south. I live in California. That's up in Oregon. I'll drive 100 miles south to a nice hotel, and we'll spend the night there. Well, as the eclipse was ending, I asked my wife, I said, well, do you want to stay till the very end, till, till you know the eclipse is completely gone, or do you want to go now? And as I said that, every single car around me started their engines. And oh. I'm thinking, here's a 
vacant lot. Vacant, here's a lot with 5,000 cars, one, in, one, one way in, one way out. If oh. we don't leave now, and like I, I want to reiterate, the porta potties were full. So <laughs> <laughs> other, other uh, uh, decisions needed to be <laughs> made along that time. So we decided as soon as totality was over, we packed up our equipment, threw it in the car, and got in a line to get out of there. It took us 10 hours to get to our hotel 100 miles away. Oh, wow. That was, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I've got a campsite for five days. <laughs> and the eclipse is in the middle of those five days. So, no, I'm going right. to plan early, folks. Yes. Figure out where you're going to be. Nail down what you want. You know, and 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 it's going to cost you money. It's not going to be cheap. I mean, people jack up their prices for the hotel. I mean, the hotels in Madras, it was a Motel 6. It's normally $39 a night. It was $250 a night. My friends are staying at that one. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it was crazy. So you're, you're going to pay for it, but a total solar eclipse, there was nothing like it. I mean, my wife turned to me as soon as it was over, and it was her very first total solar eclipse, and she looked at me, okay, where's the next one? I said, chilly. She goes, okay, we'll go. And we, we didn't, but that's how excited she was for this there's, when it was over. There's nothing like it. And there is, you, have, you, ha- you have to see at least one. Mm-hmm. Have to. And the problem is once you see one. After you see one, <laughs> then you have to go see another one. That's right. And then it's just one more. That's right. Just one more eclipse. And then after that one, it, and it just keeps going. Oh, the late Mike Reynolds. I don't know. I think he saw 18 or something like that. It yes. Was, he, yes. He would travel all over the world to see these things and I understand the fascination and the desire. You don't want to miss out. Right. Because everyone is different, just like lunar eclipses. Every lunar eclipse I've ever seen has been different. Yes. It's they're all, they're all special. They are. And uh, yeah. So do you have plans to where you're going to be in 2024? Uh, That's complicated. I, (laughs) I was split between going to uh, Texas and Mm -hmm. uh, seeing it from Texas or a bit, a bit more north of there. Okay. Um, everybody wants to go to Texas yep, to see the eclipse. The eclipse eclipses are longer. Um, the closer you get to the center, the um, the center line of it, mm-hmm. uh, both horizontally and lengthwise of the eclipse. So the eclipse is actually about four and a half minutes in Texas, mm-hmm. and when it exits up around Canada, it's a bit closer to three minutes. Right. So you lose a whole minute and a half on a, on a total solar eclipse if you go that far north. So everybody's going to try to be in Texas, and that that is definitely going to drive up the uh, the cost to be there, oh. and it's going to be overcrowding. I when I was in the twenty seventeen eclipse, I liked being out in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, being out in the middle of nowhere, I could focus on the camera settings, focus on the eclipse. And that worked out great. So I'm thinking about b- being a bit farther up the track. Okay. Maybe not too far. Uh, I'm over here in Jacksonville, so I could just uh, get on the highway and head straight out to Texas. It'd be a straight mm-hmm. drive. But uh, that's still a bit up in the air for me. Exactly where yeah. I'm going. But I have a few places in mind. Yeah, my experience from 17 taught me I need to really plan this and find something early. And the interesting thing is that when I booked the, the this campsite, they, why do you want to book so far out? And I didn't want to tell them. <laughs> you know? so right. I mean, this campsite's right smack on the center line. 
Right. And I'm like, so I told him, I said, well, there's a total. Oh, that's neat. Okay. Well, right. I have told friends of mine since then what the campsite is, and they have tried to call and they're no longer accepting reservations because they're <laughs> adjusting their price structure. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the secrets out on this and yeah, now the I, campsites uh, are looking. <laughs> so. When I, um, when I went to, uh, uh, Tennessee for the uh, 2017 eclipse, this was a few years out. I think it was three years out. I booked a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. I booked it for the whole week mm-hmm. and uh, it was fairly nicely priced for a week, not right. cheaper than most normal hotels. So, you know, I got a really nice week vacation out in the m- middle of nowhere, getting away from uh, the city and uh, got to see an eclipse, but you know, about, about eight months before they're like, they, they call and they say, um, Hey, there's an eclipse coming over here. <laughs> I said, yes, I know. <laughs> they were oh, so no. confused a few years back. Did they cancel uh, your reservation? They didn't. They okay. did not. But um, I did give them some pictures and uh, they okay. printed them and they're displaying them now. So, Oh, good. Good, good, good. So, yeah. Everyone's happy. And yeah. I, I shared I, pictures with them, taught them how to observe. It was, it was oh, great. great. Yeah. When I booked this campsite, you know, I said, I want it for a week. And they said, okay, well, do you want to put a deposit down? I said, well, can I pay in full? They said, well, I said, am I guaranteed there's no pricing? They said, you, you can pay in full and that'll guarantee the price. So I paid in full. I'm like, definitely, I don't want to get nailed on this. This is what I want to do. So yeah, this is, um, that, that is my plan. So prices will go up five, play, 10 uh, times. What they is. already are because they're realizing that, that that's it's a money grab. They can do that. Right. This. I mean, it's like anything else. Right. Yeah, crazy. And, uh, yeah solar right. eclipses you have to be pretty careful though with the observing it's very dangerous for your eyes and equipment True. before the eclipse and after mm-hmm. and uh, you need the solar filters and you have to be quick enough to remove the solar filter to get the diamond ring when it's happening and right. quick enough to put it back on uh, afterwards where you'll burn my burn your camera like i did no no <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's like three pixels. It's like three, it's three pixels on my camera. And it's only an issue when I zoom in uh, on the pictures. But sounds like just, you need a new camera there, Keith. Well, <laughs> it's three pixels. And <laughs> three pixels. It, it's, it's a battle scar. From that <laughs> okay, there you go. You know where it came where, from. It's a lesson learned. Yeah, Don't, you frame around those pixels, right? I'm more worried about my eyes because I was staring at it with my eyes when this when it was burning. Oh <laughs> God. It wasn't oh. until my eyes started watering that I realized, oh, oh I have to stop this. <laughs> so I have pictures without a um without a solar filter, a good, you know, 30 seconds after totality ended. Oh. 30, 45 seconds after totality ended. And uh, uh. I'd be hard pressed to find anyone else with uh <laughs> Especially, I was looking through the lens uncovered, at the same time. Uncovered pictures, uh, looking through the lens like that. Note to self: Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, note to self: Don't lose your eyes. Yeah, you, do, you really don't want to lose your eyes. Yeah, you need, wow. You need solar glasses. You need yes, you um, solar filters. You need to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Practice on the sun before the eclipse happens, because best, best advice ever, right there. Up until you know, a few minutes before totality. It looks every every, everything you can learn on the sun normally you can learn you know for the eclipse but when totality starts it's 
gloves are off then you just have to be very quick with it yep yep and i i made a, a procedure that i did i would um set an iso hold the button down for a few seconds uh switch the uh exposure hold down for a few seconds and i'd repeat that for a whole set of um images that i wanted then i'd change the iso and i'd repeat and i'd do this and uh the systematic method worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, have to have a really fast uh, SD card for that. I got one of those UHS two cards. Oh, okay. However, the uh, fastest EOS camera supports because in burst mode it can do seven images per second, and uh, I I um, calculated the average size of the picture based on um, color data and um, other test photos that I had taken. I thought, okay, here, here are the sizes of the pictures. I'm going to be taking seven per second. Here's how fast the memory card can store pictures. Mm. So I had that memory card just about maxed out the whole time. Wow. But I was able to pretty much use burst mode on the, the Eclipse the entire time. So something like the Canon 10 DX has those like co-processors in it for extra fast sports photography. I don't know if that's necessary. I definitely went overkill taking 800 pictures of it in <laughs> a few minutes, but it was helpful. Yeah. Some, some pictures are duds, but others yeah. just come out beautifully out of the 800 or well, so, that's the advantage I, of a digital camera. You can just right, just and you could pick and choose the ones you want. Got like eighty gigabytes of pictures out of that. <laughs> you need was, a, you're going to need a bigger uh, 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 compact card for this next eclipse. I think. <laughs> probably if I can get eighty gigabytes of pictures in two minutes, double that. Need yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, one hundred twenty gig cards. So I we will definitely get together to talk about the next two eclipses this year. But in the meantime, please put something together for us where we can dive deep into the 2024 total solar eclipse where we can talk about possible observing locations along the path of totality. Because I got to tell you, in the 17 eclipse, I ran to a guy who says, well, I live you know, on the edge. And he's, I said, where? And he told me, I said, you're 99%. He goes, yeah, that should be good enough. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's still daylight at 99%. <laughs> 99% is not. That's... That's not a total solar eclipse. No. Drive drive the five or ten minutes. Drive the ten just, minutes. To, just, to the... just drive a few minutes. That's what I told the guy. Yeah. And any farther is better because yep. that close to the edge, it's it's pretty short. Yeah. And just get to the center of the eclipse. Try to get um to the center lengthwise of the eclipse, also. That gives mm-hmm. you a few more minutes. But at the same time, you want to be out of the way you wouldn't want to be stuck with a whole bunch of cars and uh, right. <laughs> porta potties. Trust, trust me in a parking lot with four 5,000 cars and four porta potties is not fun <laughs> right i give you that right now and find a nice comfortable out of the way observing location yep where you have a good length of an eclipse yep and hopefully good weather yep and so just cross will- your fingers and hope hopefully we can do that in the next couple months where we can really dive deep into this and have a 
good hour long conversation talking about the total solar eclipse and where to go. Um, And what I did for the 17 eclipse, I actually reached out to a lot of the areas along the path of totality that were Mm -hmm. holding events. And I plan on doing that again for the 2024 eclipse to give people an idea. Okay. In this city, what what are they planning in this city? And I did like 15 of these across the entire path. So that was a lot of fun. I plan on doing that again for the 2024, but in the meantime, May 15th, the evening of May 15th and 16th, uh, coming up in a few weeks, this total lunar eclipse, you don't need any special filters. You don't you can walk outside without a telescope, look up at the moon and watch this thing. And trust me, you will love it. And that's the most important thing about these eclipses, going out and enjoying them. Yep. So many people get stuck behind the camera, stuck yep. behind the telescope, and never see the eclipse. And that's the best part. You have to see it. Mm-hmm. You have to. It. A lunar eclipse changed my life. <laughs> Who knows what it'll do for you? It's These things are amazing. Yeah. And like I mentioned, I've never seen two that look the same. They're all different. They're all unique. Yep. There's always something, always well, something with them. I'm looking forward to it, and you will get my observation report. Even if it's cloudy, I'll tell you what the sky looked like. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. All right. Well, that'd Keith, be it's been great talking to you again. Been nice talking to you also, Tim. All right. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Again, I want to thank our Eclipse expert for the ALPO, Keith Spring, for coming on the podcast and talking about some of the upcoming uh, lunar and solar eclipses. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Echo, Spotify, Spotify. And the podcast is now available on the ALPO's own YouTube channel. Check it out over there. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon by giving up to $35 a month, where you'll receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seentop and Michael Moore, for their generous support of the Observer's Notebook. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the Alpo is in the show notes. If you're interested, you can contact me on email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at @observersnbpod. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening. <laughs>